Hello, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to the podcast of Next Step Press, where we help you delight in taking a next step. You can find this podcast and other Next Step resources at www.findmynextstep.org. In this episode of the podcast, we're sitting with the ninth hymn in the resource, When From Death I'm Free, a hymn journal for Holy Week, available from Next Step Press. That hymn is stricken, smitten, and afflicted, and we'll be sitting with lead illustrator Valerie Matthias. You'll hear Valerie read the scripture lesson, hear me read the devotion that's in the book as well, and we'll talk a little bit more about what that scripture means for us as we follow Jesus together. The hymns you'll hear in the episode today come from thehymnalproject.com. They provide resources that are all available for free use online, and they're supported through the Michigan District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. As Valerie and I talk, you'll get to hear more about images from her childhood congregation during Lent. You'll hear some of Valerie's thoughts on why visual faith resources are so important for faith development. And we'll even get to hear some more about the origins of the idea for a hymn journal in the first place. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here as we continue to take a next step following Jesus together. I'm here with Valerie Matthias, one of the visual faith illustrators for When From Death I'm Free, and we're in Bay City, Michigan. Valerie, would you tell us where we are? We are at Bay Valley Resort in Bay City, Michigan, and the reason we're here is because this was the first place I ever had an opportunity to present visual faith to a large group of people. And when was that? Uh, that was January of 2018. What was going on? Our church was having a ladies retreat and I knew the gal who was in charge and I said, hey, do you have a speaker? And she said, no. And I said, well, I've kind of got this idea. Would you take a chance on me? And she said, absolutely. So I did it. It was, it went very well. And from there, I started getting asked to go places and present. Awesome. Yeah. Were you already with Visual Faith as a part of their ministry at that time? I became a Visual Faith coach in the fall of 2017, but um, not presenting big in front of big groups mm -hmm. of people. That mm -hmm. was that was like my first opportunity. You kind of light up when you talk about presenting. Do you like presenting this stuff? <laughs> yes. Uh, my minor in college was uh, speech communication, so I've always kind of wanted to be a, a public speaker. So teaching made sense. I Secondary ed is my background, and I thought, well, if you want to be a public speaker, go be a teacher, because every day you get to publicly speak to a classroom. But then I hung up my teaching clothes to be a stay-at-home mom, so the idea of being able to speak speak publicly about Jesus, of all things, yeah. is super exciting. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you for your leadership. This book would have not come about, um, I don't think, at all, <laughs> let alone in the way that it did without your leadership. As lead illustrator, you really uh, had a huge impact on this, and it's been a wonderful partnership. Thank you. Let's pray as we begin. Come, Holy Spirit, and be present among us. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you inspired this word to be written, and now will you please inspire our understanding and be in our conversation. Think in our thoughts and speak in our words. Help us get to know Jesus a little bit better today. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is on page 91 of the hymn journal. It's 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 through 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. 
We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thanks, Valerie. As you read through that 2 Corinthians text for today, is there anything that kind of jumped out at you this time through? So the part that jumps out to me is, uh, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And that brings me such great hope. How come? Well, because I, I am new. I am a new creation. He, he, has, he has made me um, his beloved daughter, that mm. although I am both a sinner, I am a saint, and my righteousness is wrapped up in me. And um, he claimed me, and he named me in my baptism, and I am forever his. Mm. And that brings me such joy. Already now, new creation's here? Yes, I received my salvation at my, my baptism. Um, yeah. And so I, I'm an heir of eternal life. It's mine. And, yeah. and, I, and sometimes I don't always identify with, with that, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a daughter of the Most High King. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, not yet, not now by faith. Correct. Not yet by sight. Correct. Yeah, we live in the now, but not yet. Exactly. But I can't just stare at the not yet. Yeah. I got to pay attention to the now. Yeah. Yeah. That both in. That's cool. The new creation has come. It's, it's already accomplished in some sense ahead of time. Uh, anything else in these verses that really kind of jumps out at you? Mm. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us mm. so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's uh, the, the, the triune God has such a hand in the whole redemption story. So um, the Father creates, the Son redeems, the Holy Spirit sanctifies. And it's, it's, uh, it's mind-blowing and comforting. And to be able to just bask and delight in who he is and who I am in him, boy, I, well, I want to do that all day. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. That's pretty strong. Super strong. Super powerful. Yeah. It had to be that strong. It had to be that powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let me kind of turn the page here to page 92, and this is where we find the devotion. The devotion is called, Ye Who Think of Sin But Lightly, which is a quote from the hymn. The loving face of Jesus, which shone like the sun at the transfiguration, is now swollen and bloody, disfigured, discolored, distorted in pain. It's just not fair. Jesus did nothing to deserve this, Jesus was life and light shining in the darkness, and the darkness pushed back hard. Yet in this travesty of justice, a deeper justice is done. Jesus suffers the just consequences of sin. The ugliness and brutality of the cross is the ugliness and brutality of rebellion against God my rebellion against God. This is what sin looks like. This is what sin feels like. This is what sin does. This is what sin deserves. This is what Jesus takes from me. Jesus became my sin in my place. That's my sin up there on the cross. That's my violence and hatred and shame. Jesus takes away the worst of who I am. In return, Jesus gives me the best of who he is. 
Jesus exchanges his holiness for my sin, his beauty for my distortion, his obedience for my rebellion, his life for my death. Jesus takes my darkness to the cross. In return, I now shine like the sun. That was the first verse of the hymn, Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. And I'm here with Valerie Matthias, the lead illustrator of the hymn journal, When From Death I'm Free. Valerie, I'm looking at your art on page 89. You prepared this to go along with the hymn, and I'm wondering if you would tell us a little bit more about how this artwork came about. Sure. When I was a little girl growing up in a great big Lutheran church in small town Seabuing, Michigan, every Lent they would put up certain decorations, and they were like shadow boxes. This church is big, almost cathedral-like, and it had giant pillars, and these shadow boxes would rest on these pillars, mm. and each of the shadow boxes had almost like a station of the cross. It had an image of what was happening during, during that Passion Week. Mm -hmm. So palm branch, um, hammer and nails, coins in a pouch, a spear with a sponge, and I remember seeing that as a kid, it was so visual and it was so impactful. And naively, I thought the pastor and his family made them at their kitchen table. <laughs> and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be in a parsonage and just making stuff like this? Or, like, I just had no idea. I, had, I didn't know how they came about. But it was such a visual, um, it was so impactful. They, they showed up you know, at Lent and they would disappear at Easter, but they were always coming back. What a great way to see what he went through. Those images there on that stained glass then, that come, this, this kind of grid-like thing on the mm -hmm. background of that stained glass, that's reminiscent of my hometown church. Those images there are reminiscent of what I saw when I was a kid. Um, so, and, and this particular hymn would have been blasting from the organ my uh -huh. entire childhood. So this is all very, um, gosh, uh, instrumental in my very young faith, these mm -hmm. images. Cool. So you talked about this as a stained glass. Uh, you, some of that's the, the kind of the work behind the images here. I, I noticed this shape is unique in the book. I don't think any of the other kind yes. of hymn covers have this particular shape. Tell me more about that. So the way that the stained glass are designed in, again, my hometown church is they, they're really long rectangles and then they kind of come up to this peak just like you see. Um, and actually the church that we worship in currently has kind of something similar reminiscent to this. Um, it just for me this is just um, I don't know very regal or mm. pointing towards I don't have stained glass in my own house but I do have stained glass in the house that I worship in mm. there's something special about it I don't worship the building but I do um, I, I like the reverence that the building shows towards my Heavenly Father 
So this image, this sketch has connections to your church where you grew up in Cebuing. Correct. It, it reminds you of what you would see every Lent. It yes. reminds you of the stained glass windows in that church and in your church now. Correct. That's that's really cool. That that kind of formative years, that, that imagery of the passion of Passion Week, of, of the betrayal and the crucifixion. Uh, you had to decide of all the words in the hymn, mm. of all three verses, mm, yeah, right. and there's so many rich words, you chose uh, along the top, stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on a tree. Right, that opening line of the hymn, sure. And, and then in the middle, was there ever grief like his? Was there ever grief like his? So you walk through the Christian life, right? And you're like, oh, my life is miserable. Oh, I'm in such grief. Oh, no, no. Whatever it is you have going on in your life, fails uh-huh. all the time in comparison and yet he was true man so all the grief that he, he 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 had temptation and he had grief and he had sorrow so it's not like he walked around on this earth in like a bubble of this doesn't affect me yeah he hungered he thirst he he had pain he bled i mean i he was true god and true man so was there ever grief like his his own grief, the grief of the father who forsakes him. There's mm. just a lot of grief going on yeah, on Good Friday. There's a lot of grief going on, yeah. And yet Good Friday is ultimately really good news for us. Mm-hmm. I like that thought that uh, his humanity is front and center in, in the crucifixion, in the passion, in this stricken, smitten, and afflicted. You, you, I mean, God as God can't oven by himself be stricken, smitten, or afflicted because he's God, Correct. immutable, eternal. God cannot die. He, he had to become he man. He steps into humanity, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. So when you think of a knight in shiny armor or a savior or a hero or just, you know, they have to step in to rescue. Mm. And he did the ultimate step in and he will not step out. He will never be not incarnate. Yes. It's crazy. He it's will, awesome. He will I love never it. be no. not incarnate. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. So Valerie, uh, you did more than just this one week's worth of uh, illustrations. And in fact, you've been the lead illustrator for this project. Talk to me some more about what, what that project was like for you. Yeah, so once the idea of a hymn journal came about, and then Lent and Holy Week was right around the corner, so that kind of made sense to... Well, you already jumped over a big part of the story here. Once the idea of a hymn journal came about, tell me more about that. Oh, uh, one of the visual faith artists, Anne Gillespie, whose art is also um, featured in here, we were at my dining room table, and we were actually going to go through the travelogue, the Advent Advent and Christmas travelogue that Mm -hmm. you had written. Mm -hmm. And we were going to take a group of people through a pop-up group, and we had 68 people. That's huge, Yeah, yeah, right. We had a really good time. But it was while we were sitting together thinking, how are we going to do that pop-up group, the idea of a hymn journal came up. Hmm. And I said, Anne, what do you think about that? And she said, I think that could be really powerful. 
And so... I mean, um, why? What, so what was it about a hymn and the... So that you follow me, that was kind of a daily devotion through Advent and Christmas and even into Epiphany. Yeah, okay, so in the visual faith world, there's something called Bible journaling, something called devotional journaling. Mm -hmm. There's sermon sketch notes. It's any time yeah. that you're bringing the Word of God, there's visual prayer. Anytime you're bringing the Word of God or prayer and you're meditating on it in a visual way. So mm -hmm. you become now a practitioner. You're not just an observer of stained glass or banners. You are creating or making or involved in. So visual faith practices are reliable, doable, and grace-filled. It's not about perfection. It's about reflection. And it's just time spent in the Word. And studies are showing more and more, if you want something to be driven home, draw it. Draw it. Write it. Mm -hmm. Write it. Yeah, not just like religious, but it, oh, anyway, all studies. education all studies. studies and, and uh, if you take notes in a class with uh, typing, you are less likely to remember it than if you had written it. And cursive now is starting to make this comeback of this is important because you are engaging both hemispheres of the brain. Mm. And so, gosh, if you can take your musical learning abilities and your visual learning abilities, your kinesthetic, your, your words, and you can get them all together in one big, enormous, amazing opportunity to just sit and listen and be still and meditate. Well, how, how amazingly powerful is that? I love that idea, and I love that it, it puts the word front and center. It's all about ways of engaging oh, yeah. the word, uh, yeah. dealing with the word, getting kind of dirty in the word. Right. How do you focus on the word, meditate on the word, be devoted to the word? What mm -hmm. does that even look like? Mm -hmm. The first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning, and the last thing you think about when you fall asleep at night, that's what you're devoted to. Mm. That's it. I mean, that's what you're obsessed with, fixated on. I want to be obsessed with and fixated on the Word of God. Because if my foundation is built on Scripture, now all of my relationships, my, my, my role as a wife, my role as a mother, my role as a, as a Sunday school teacher, my role as, a, as the wife of a pastor, all of that can now, a neighbor, a, you know, standing in the line at the grocery store, that's a role, I'm mm -hmm. now a customer. And, and how I put that all together is based on what I am rooted in. So mm -hmm. the more I can get scripture in my heart and on my mind and on my tongue, read, mark, learn, inwardly digest, whatever I put into my heart is what's going to pour out of my lips. Um, so I gotta get in the word. And if it takes color and paint and sketches, well then, great. Yeah, and, and music just adds a, an extra layer to that. I found, even working on this project, you, you go speaking of what you go to bed with, thinking about, or what you wake up singing. You know, yes. the, the hymn tune, the, the one of the songs, whatever it is. It uh, it seems like a really good marriage between the, the visual, visual faith stuff and the hymn stuff. Yes, because that's why jingles work on commercials. Yeah, yeah. That's why you still know the Mentos jingle, right? It's stuck in your head. So why not leverage the way our brains are made and get hymns stuck in your head? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, this is a good way to get the word stuck in your head and stuck in your life and stuck in your standing in line at the grocery store. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so you were telling me about your experience putting this whole hymn journal. What, what's that journey been like for you as you've oh, been sketching been phenomenal. this? Oh, it's been phenomenal. I work with amazingly creative people, people who are just willing to, to give their heart and their time and their talents to so that people can draw closer. So people like Katie and Anne and Karen and Pat, their, their goal in life is just to 
tell the good news of Jesus to as many people as they possibly can. And this has worked for them. And so in helping other people, um, I think it brings them great joy. They were on board immediately. Yes, mm. how can I help? Yes, I would love to do this. Yes, that would be a lot of fun. Mm. I don't want to speak for all the artists, but I can say for myself, it brings me an immense amount of joy to watch the people in that pop-up group, that Facebook group, the 570 some people who are now interacting with this and what the connections they are making. Um, I don't want to sit in isolation and make connections. I want people to make connections. Uh, that's, that's, that's telling the story. That's spreading the good news. That's sharing the gospel. And that brings me so much joy. At Next Step Press, we like to say we follow Jesus better when we follow him together. And yes. I see that in this resource as well. It's a way of engaging people in the Facebook group too. Here's what I did. Oh, I see what you did. And that just, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's it, encouraging, equipping, engaging. It's, it's inviting. Absolutely. And even if you didn't have time to get out your pencil that day, looking at someone else's, it's meditating. We're all looking at social media anyway. Mm -hmm. We might as well look at something that's worthy of being looked at. Yeah. And that doesn't mean the quality of the art. It just means the content. Yeah. Let's point our toes and eyes towards Jesus. Let's point our toes and eyes towards Jesus. Great segue to taking a next step. So in this process, sitting with this hymn, uh, sitting with these words, this reading for today, is there anything in all of this that you think uh, Jesus might be putting in front of you, inviting you to take a next step towards? Yes. So sometimes I think when we think about taking a next step, it's a giant step mm -hmm. or a step in a totally different direction. Sometimes I think the steps that we take are actually just continuing on the path that has been set before us. So I will continue on the path of motherhood and being a wife and being a follower of Jesus and just watching and marveling at the doors that continue to open and being courageous enough to step through them. Mm. Even the doors I don't know exist. Is there a promise from Jesus that allows you to kind of take that next step with courage? Absolutely. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. No one can snatch you from the Father's hand. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not doing this stuff to earn rings on a salvation ladder. I'm yeah. not doing this so he loves me more. But I am doing this because I love him. And I want other people to love him. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature
That setting of stricken, smitten, and afflicted comes from thehymnalproject.com. We recorded this podcast before the coronavirus hit the United States. And that message of Jesus never not being incarnate again seems to be even more relevant today. Jesus enters into our suffering. He enters into our place of confusion and doubt, of sin and death, and he takes that burden on himself. Remember this week that Jesus is with you no matter what. And remember also that we follow Jesus better when we follow him together. So take some of these resources from Next Step Press, use them to engage the word, Let's point our toes and our eyes towards Jesus as we get through this together. We couldn't produce a podcast like this without generous support from people like you, so we invite you to join our Next Step Press family by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Hey, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time as we help you delight in taking a next step following Jesus.